Good morning. My name is Paul. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. We're, we're into week number three of a series about winning at relationships because we know that our relationships with the people around us in our household, they, they matter so much. And there's so many difficulties to, to navigate because I bet you probably, like me, can remember back when you were a kid and you thought to yourself, life is going to be so much easier when I'm an adult, right? I'm going to do what I want to do all the time. I'm going to have my own money to just spend on all the fun things all the time. I don't got to ask for anybody's permission before I do anything. And all of that was a lie, right? I mean, we get to grown uphood and just even friendship is so much more difficult because now it's not just me and your schedule. It's your entire family schedule and my entire family schedule. And we got to make sure that there's nothing going on in either one before the two of us can just get together and hang out. And I, I saw this clip going around that kind of made me laugh a little bit and it might resonate with you or not, but it was saying, did, did you ever realize that your, your dad doesn't really have friends? Your mom has friends and your mom's friends have a husband. And that's really the only guys you'll see your dad with. And I, I hope that's not true about me. And I hope it's not true about you. I hope I actually have time for genuine friendships because you are designed in a way that you're supposed to be able to rely on other people. We're supposed to be reliable. We're supposed to share the weight of life, share the joys of life. And we're supposed to have connections with each other. But I think that a lot of people... When you get into your late 30s due to experience and maybe even before because of the family that you grew up in, there's part of you, and men, we seem a little bit more protective of our heart, that says, I've been burnt when I tried to rely on somebody else. I tried to rely on somebody else and I'm not doing that again. And so I'm just going to shut it down. I'm going to act like I don't need it. And I'm going to move through life without ever having to put myself in a situation where I rely on anybody but me. I'm going to stand on my own two feet. I'm going to be a man. And that seems to be the disposition that a lot of grown men take. And I want to talk to you a little bit about just how to show and be reliable. Because this today's message is not about how terrible other people are and how you can't count on them. That's not what it is. Being reliable can be difficult, but the application of this is within yourself, of how can other people rely on me? And I, I'm sorry, I have to pause. There's, hi, Gloria. I love you. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, it, and I'm not going to call out, there, there's so many, this is just an interesting day. There's people in, in the congregation today that I either just met but knew my family, that I absolutely love that you're here. Um, there's people, Gloria uh, worked with Island Coast High School and she was with us through our first year uh, through the inception of our church. And so it was awesome to see you in the house with us today. Um, she was someone, I got to connect it back to the message one. She was someone that we could rely on. She, she showed herself faithful um, in, in always just going above and beyond to serve the church. And so we're, we, we love her. And so that's why you heard a cheer because people know the name Gloria because she, she's been with us. And Jason was around here too. I don't see Jason right now, but he, he was in here before. So that's just crazy that we got to see both of them today, even though we're not at Island Coast High School. Back to message time. All right. Um, rely. When I talk about rely today, this is, how I'm gonna, this is what I mean when I say rely. The, the measure of how much the other person meets my needs and how much I meet their needs. When we say that we're going to rely on someone, this is really kind of the nitty gritty of it. We're saying, okay, if there's someone in my life that I can meet their needs and they can meet my needs, that, that's what we talk about when we're relying on someone else. 
And we can rely on people for lots of different things. We, we rely on, on our coworkers for things at work. We rely on our spouse for things at home. And in our relationships, when, when, when it's going good and we can rely on someone, we can count on someone, it's interesting. We will often have that relationship that's functioning well and think, okay, I can go on to the next relationship because this one will run well and it'll continue to run well. But Dr. John Van Epp, who he, he created this kind of system for looking at the health of our relationships with the, these five characteristics, these five bonds of, of knowing, trust, rely, commit, and touch. And, and he talks about these laws that affect it. And you're going to, this is probably going to resonate with you some as I discuss these because you've seen these laws at work in your relationships before. It's like everything's fine and then the law of diminishing returns begins to apply. Diminishing returns. And, and, and that says that what you've done in the past won't work as well in the future. It's like, I used to always do this. When you would, when you would be crying, I would just kiss your boo-boo, tell you it's okay, and then you would be fine. But as you've grown and the relationship has changed, that no longer works. When we got in an argument, I would just always say this to fix it after the argument, and that would work, but it doesn't seem to be working anymore. There, there's this truth that the efforts that we put in over time, it will change and we won't get the same result again. And, and I'm saying this because as we think about caring for and maintaining healthy relationships, when it seems like why doesn't what used to work work, this is normal. It's a normal thing. And another law that he says that we see at play in relationships is the law of slow leaks. If you leave these relationships alone, they will, go, they will slowly go down. You've probably seen this at play. You had a great friendship, but then a couple months got by, you got busy with work stuff and you go back to them and they're not interested in hanging out. They're not being responsive. They're not available to you anymore. And you say, what happened? We never got in a fight. Well, you weren't there and the slow leak rule applied and the relationship went down. This happens in marriages all the time. It's like, we love each other. The passion is white hot. It's good. Kids came around. Job got busy. It was one of those rough seasons at work. And then three months go by and it's like, do I know this person that I'm laying next to? The slow leaks law, it applies. And then also the law of frequent realignments. You, you will have to regularly correct imbalances. There'll be things at play in your relationships that it's like, hey, how are you seeing this now? Are you still seeing it this way? Are we still on track? And that's a conversation that if you want to maintain a good relationship, if you want them to know that they can rely on you, they're gonna need to hear from you about what's changed in your life and you're gonna have to be open to hearing about what's changing in their heart, changing in their life. And these are just some sort of ground rules about talking about how, how we deal with relying, relying on other people because we know that, that if we rely on someone, but they're not reliable, the pain that it causes. You're going to laugh when you hear how scripture describes it. If you're not already reading the book of Proverbs at least once per year, you need to throw that into your rotation because it's going to give you little bits of gems of wisdom like this. Go and put this up. Proverbs 25 verse 19. It says, putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. You have some people in your past who feel like a toothache, don't you? When you think about having to work with them, you, it's easy to spot that person. But I also know that there's been times that you've been the toothache as well. And we know that that's not how we're called to live. And so we have to figure out how do we live reliably? How do we make it so that the people that we care about the most know that they can count on us when we say that we're going to show up on something? 
How do we do that? What are the steps that we're going to take? We're going to look kind of at four areas of reliability. And the first one is about how you rely on other people. Because the way that you rely on other people, it can be healthy or it can be unhealthy. There's, there's a middle, there is a balance. There are times where we've seen people become way too reliant and dependent on one person. They almost put that person as a role of God in their life and it's unhealthy. It's also unhealthy to be on the other polar end. Many especially are guilty of this, of saying, well, I just don't need anything from anyone else. There is a middle ground of how we're supposed to rely upon people and give them a role in our life. And I also want to just say like that, that role changes and grows as we go. I mean, when you think back to your early days, you relied on your parents or, or the person who was raising you up for everything. They fed you with a spoon. They changed your diapers. They helped you learn basic things. And as you grew, the way that you relied on them changed. And as you continue to grow, maybe you start feeding them with a spoon and changing their diaper and teaching them basic things like how to open a phone. The way that we rely on people, it changes and it grows. And we have to allow for that. And parents, you have to allow for the way that your kids rely on you to change. You have to give them responsibilities. Spouses, the way that we rely on each other, it also grows and changes. The, the needs that you have, what you need from them, it's going to continue to adapt and you need to be in communication about what is there. But this is, this is where we, we see unhealthy things happen. We've seen parents, if you've ever been at a ball field, you know there are some parents who are relying on their kids to live out their sports fantasies that they never got to live out. I love coaching sports, man. I love working with kids and calling the best out of them and challenging them. I enjoy soccer. I played soccer most of my life. And, but there are some parents on the sideline that I need a mute button for because it's going to be okay. Like it, it's real, like, this is not about you right now. And, and we, we can pinpoint that on the, on the ball fields, but there's also times where you understand like someone wants that relationship so much with someone else, they're willing to disregard what God says to them about how to live just so they can hang on to that relationship. And it's like they've moved to a point where they want that person's approval so much that they no longer care about the approval of God. And that's not the way to rely on someone else. That is gonna lead, lead to a major wound in your life. And we have seen people manipulate and cause pain to other people because they see that they'll just do anything I ask. That's not how God has designed you to live. So the way that we rely on other people, it needs to be healthy because there's nothing in the world that we can gain that is going to be worth wounding our soul. Jesus was teaching and he talked about this concept in Matthew 16, verse 26. We can put it on the screen. He says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Your spiritual health, your spiritual life, you have to protect it because when it's healthy, then you have the most to give to someone else in a relationship. And if you are in it, listen to me, if you are in a position where if you feel like you have to give away parts of your soul just to keep someone happy and in your life, you need to trust God that if you walk in his ways, he's gonna provide you exactly what you need. Do not let another person sit on the throne that only God deserves in your life. You have a heavenly father who loves you. Like I, I, that needs to be emphasized and understood. You have a heavenly father who loves you like crazy. And he has the best things ahead for you. And so you can trust him 
You can really trust him. You can rely on him to give you what you need. And so you don't need to exchange anything to keep someone happy if it's outside of the design that God has for you. And God has good things for you. He has a home for you. He has relationships for you. He has a body for you to belong to. He, he, will, he will fulfill the desires of your heart in time as it's healthy, but we need to, we need to walk in his ways in this. And, and so how others rely on you is, is kind of the next category because you need to rely on others in a healthy way, but others also should be relying on you in a healthy way as well. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, the apostle Paul begins to teach on this whole concept that the church is supposed, is comparable to a human body. And that every part of the body depends on the other part of the body to do the job that it's supposed to do, that it's supposed to operate as one. But when one piece is missing, all of the pieces suffer. And it's interesting because this pain that was felt in the early church that the Apostle Paul is writing to address in 1 Corinthians 12 is still felt today. It's like, you know, I would do more, I would be involved in more, but my gift isn't that important. And I want to emphasize the fact that each one of you have a gift is what scripture teaches and that none of your gifts are insignificant. In your eyes right now, the gift that you have, the contribution that you make to being part of a body of Christ, you might see it as being insignificant, but that is an incorrect view. And the apostle Paul is teaching on that in 1 Corinthians 12. And he says, you know, the, the, the ear and the eye, they both have jobs to do. And if the ear says, since I'm not an eye, I don't matter. Where's the sense of hearing? If the whole body was an eye, how would it operate? How would it do anything? We need all of the pieces of the body to be able to depend on the other pieces, which is also, I think, another way of saying you should not depend on anyone else to do what you are supposed to be doing. There is a job that you have to do in this church. There's a job that you have to do within your household that cannot be pushed upon anyone else. It is your job. There are people that if you would open yourself up and open your heart and your life up to them, there are people in this church who need your input. They need your personality. Yes, even your personality as it sits today. Who you are right now, God has relationships within the church that he wants you connected to. There are people who should be able to depend on your presence and your gifts at the church. It's an amazing blessing that our church is growing and that we need more help in the kids ministry. We need more help in the youth ministry area. And we have the people in the church that we need right now. We just need them to step into their areas. And as long as we sit back on the sidelines, I believe the body suffers harm because you have a gift and you have a contribution to make. We need to rely on each other, rely on the church. And within your relationships, we need to be able to rely on each other. You know, uh, all of this is built this way. And, and if you haven't been, if this is your first week here, this is an important thing to note that there, no slider should be above the slider to the left. That if you don't know the person, but you trust them and rely on them, you know how that is an unhealthy situation. And so as we get to know people, it better enables us to trust them and know that they're trustworthy and we learn how we can rely upon them. Uh, I've been married for almost 16 years. And so my wife has very much learned how she cannot rely on me in some things. In almost all things, I'm good, but she has learned that my, where my gifts are and where my weaknesses are. And so she doesn't even try anymore to give me a verbal list of what to get at the store. She's like, I will text you a list because she knows that's not my gift set. 
But she also knows that if, if one of our children are talking back to her, she doesn't have to say anything before I'm there correcting the situation. Like that's not going to happen. She knows if the kids need an idea for a game to play, if they, if they need something put back together, if an electronics needs to get fixed, if someone just needs some dad time to go on a walk, like I'm there for that. Like we, we need to learn, okay, where, where is the person? Because I know them well, I, I learn that I can trust them, that they're going to give their effort and I can learn where I can rely on them. And it goes in this order because if you start to rely on them and you don't know them at all, you're probably going to begin to ask them to, fu- you're going to ask them to fulfill needs that they shouldn't fill. And if they do that to you, if you let someone begin to give you all of this authority in their life and they don't know you, they're going to ask you to, to be God in their life in some way. And it's not going to be healthy. And so in the way that other people rely on us, we need to be responsible. We need to be responsive, but we need to understand this is the way that it should be. And I love this, this scale because it almost helps give a picture. Is this person wanting to have a relationship or a friendship with me in an unhealthy manner? They don't even know me yet, but they're, they're asking me to, you know, fill in the blank to manage their finances with them. They're asking me to enter a business endeavor with them. And I don't even know them yet. It should send alarm bells off in our head. And so how, how do we responsibly enter into this or how do we responsibly build the trust to where we, they know that they can rely on us in a healthy way? Uh, I'm gonna give you just an acrostic that, that helps build this area of healthy reliance. And, and it's, the acrostic is care, but the first one is consistent. That if we wanna show people that they can rely on us in a healthy, healthy way, we start with being consistent. And we know this in friendships that, that if we want it to be healthy, we need to consistently be in touch. There needs to be consistent communication, consistency when we say that something's going to get done. You've also experienced this in friendships that you, we were with someone that you thought you could rely on where all of a sudden they weren't available anymore. And if you want someone to know that they can rely on you, then you have to make yourself available to them because you know there's plenty of times where someone says that they're available to you, but every time you call, they're not there. Every time you need them, they're not around. Every time they need you, they're, they're, they're able to send the text. They're able to make a phone call. And so if we want to show ourselves reliable to someone, we need to, we need to be available to them when they need us. We need to be responsive. Do not leave the message unread. Do not leave the message unresponded to. We, we want to be responsive to show that we're reliable. And we also want to be engaged. That, that we're not just present, that we're actually actively in the moments with them. And th- those are just some simple steps to show, okay, you can rely on me. You can know that I'm going to be there. And I, I believe that it's important that we show ourselves reliable because we want to walk with integrity, because we want to honor God, because really all of the reasons that we want to be reliable to someone else is because those are all things that are built out of our foundation with God. And so if we want those things to be steady, they have to be built on the right foundation and we have to rely on God in the correct way. We need to rely on God. And like I was alluding to before of saying, God, I want to show myself reliable to them, but I want to rely on you first. And so if the, if the thing that I need to do to show them that I'm trustworthy is say, Hey, no, I can't hang out on Sunday morning because I have responsibilities at church, that God's going to protect that friendship and that things are going to happen with them in the right time. And you know, okay, there's the church illustration. Um, if you made a commitment to your wife and a friend asked you to go out and you're concerned, um, 
Am I going to lose the friendship if I, if I don't go out with them? First things first, second things second, third things third. We want to walk in, in a way that honors God, and we know that he's going to provide all of those, those things that we need in due time. I think that a lot of times we, we see people who, who say that they want to honor God, but when the moment comes to take the step, they're reluctant to ever take it. I, I made a reference to the rich young ruler last week, but I want to read you the beginning of that section from Mark 10, verse 17. And we'll put it up on the screen as I read it. And it's this description. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit life? Now, if you can kind of see the enthusiasm in this, this moment where the guy comes running up to Jesus. I mean, the scripture is clear enough to include this detail. Didn't just run up to him to talk to him, ran up to him and knelt down before him and made the declaration in front of the other people around, what must I do to be considered righteous? What must I do? And there's this passion and this energy. And Jesus has the conversation with him. We'll follow the commandment. So I've done that since I was a young man. All right. And Jesus looked at him with love is what the passage says. Sees, sees the point of struggle, sees the point where he's relying on his wealth and his possessions and says, you need to get rid of that stuff and just come with me. And then the passage says that he went away sad because he had great possessions. There, there is this energy and enthusiasm about getting approval, about showing all that he had done. But when the rubber met the road of, will you actually step out and rely on me? Like if you get rid of the security of those possessions and they're gone, will you trust that I will still have good things ahead for you? Will you trust that I will still provide for your needs if what you currently have were to disappear? And for us to rely on God is to actually get to the action the mental exercise of knowing, I know God is trustworthy, but actually relying to actually move in his ways. Because this is how, I believe that it all flows in the same direction. That if we want people to know that we're reliable, we first need to start with the foundation of showing God, I, I, I know that I can rely on you. God, I know that you are faithful. And so as I step out, if I'm stepping out of the boat, I know I'm stepping onto a firm foundation, even in the midst of a storm. I know that you're going to provide for each one of my steps. How you rely on God, it matters. We can feel passionate about the run-up, but when we actually begin to take the steps, are we relying on God for the way that we live, for the way that we give, for the way that we serve? And us relying on God matters. And this last one might come as a surprise to some of you guys. And don't, don't, it's not heretical though. Some of you guys might be, what are you saying here, Paul? There's a truth that God relies on you. I'm going to show you this from scripture. Uh, one of the deans from my college, at my, my Bible college, this was like his verse that he would always lead off with as he would speak to, to the students. Um, from 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, he says, For the eyes of the Lord, move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. There's this truth that God is looking around the world and he's paying attention to where is your heart at. And when he finds a heart that is his, he's going to strengthen it. And it's not that God, 
Like if we chose to not step into our calling, God is still gonna establish his kingdom. He's still gonna do what he said he's gonna do. God will always be faithful, but there is a truth that he has a calling that he has given you and he is looking at you and seeing what can I entrust into your hands based on the way that you're moving right now. If you are trustworthy with the small things, he will entrust you with greater things is what we see. In the parable of the talents that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 25, there, there's three servants that a master entrusts talents to. One gets five, one gets two talents, one gets one talent. That doesn't translate too well. Let me kind of break it down. A denarii was one day's wage. A talent was 6,000 denarii. So each servant got 6,000 days worth of wages. So if we translate those into Cape Coral standards, kind of rounding the numbers off, the first servant got $5 million dollars. The second servant got $2 million. And then the last servant only got $1 million. And the master said, use this, grow it. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to see how you did. Bandy, if you guys will make your way up, I'm going to begin to close this out. And, and so the first servant who got the $5 million, he turned it into $10 million. The second service servant, he had $2 million. He turned it into four. The last servant, he was given one, one measly million dollars, right? Just a mill. Can't do anything with that. May as well just bury it in the ground. Don't want to lose it. And he said, because I know you're a harsh master, reaping where you have not sown. And the master returned and said, you wicked and lazy servant. What was even given to you is going to be taken away and given to the one who has the most. Because there's this truth that God is looking around and he's saying, who can I entrust blessing to? Who can I entrust opportunity to? Who will be reliable in the way that they live their life? And there's, we see it all the time. People, man, if I just had a little bit more. It, I, I, would, I would love to give if we just had a little bit more. Can I tell you, it's never easier to give. <laughs> 10% is still always just 10%. It never gets easier. Life doesn't get less complicated. And whether it's the area of finances, integrity, honesty, it's always going to be the same fight. And I believe that your heavenly father is looking into the situation of your life and he sees the dreams that he's planted on your heart that you wish you could grab a hold of. And he says, when I see that you're ready, that's when I get to deliver them to you. Because a blessing that arrives too early will be a curse. We've seen, we've seen fame and money ruin so many families, so many marriages, so many lives. More money is not the answer. But walking in faith with your heavenly father, that is the answer. And so whether in plenty or in famine, you know that you'll be full because your father will provide your needs. On this area of being reliable, January 6, 2008, is when God entrusted my oldest daughter, Ella, to us. There's a lot of people who can do the job of father, but as long as there's breath in my lungs and this heart is beating, no one else gets to be her dad but me. That is my job. I get to pour into her. I get to correct her. I get to guide her. I get to love her. She's my daughter. It's my job. 
in the same way that I have a possessive nature about that job, that that is my responsibility. I won't give it to anyone else. There's jobs within this church and within the city that is yours. And you need to see it as yours. You need to show God, you can count on me. The calling that you've given me right now, whether, whether big or small, God, you can count on me. I'm gonna see it through. I'm gonna be reliable. And I'm gonna tell you, this, it, it goes this way, it builds. When you have the foundation of God, you can trust me and you walk that out. It's so much easier for the friends and the loved ones in your life to say, you know what, I see how you walk with integrity towards God and I know I can trust you. I know I can rely on you because I see it there as well. And you'll build the testimony. So church, the callings that you have right now, are you grabbing them? Are you showing yourself faithful? Are you showing yourself reliable? The relationships right now, are you showing yourself reliable to your loved ones? This is a great opportunity to get back on the right path. Because I know you don't want to be a toothache to anybody else. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you entrust to us so many great privileges and so many blessings and so many resources. I pray that we would move with passion and energy, not just for approval, but to actually walk in obedience, to do what you have called us to do so that we can see more hearts and more lives transformed by the message of the gospel and by the testimony of your church in this city. We thank you that we can always count on you. You are always faithful. Help us to walk in your ways in Jesus' name.